Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. And in this episode, we are sitting down with my dear friend, Kat Harris, who is genuinely one of the most self-aware, inspiring women that I know. Kat is a Brooklyn-based photographer, content creator, and advocate for women. She is the co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and host of The Refined Collective podcast. And whether she's taking pictures, speaking on a panel, meeting a stranger on the street, her vision remains the same, to empower women to embrace their beauty, identity, and value through storytelling. She believes that done is better than perfect and that the journey is truly the destination. Everything she does is so strongly centered around that goal of empowering women, and you'll totally feel that during our conversation. We talked about so much good stuff, but hard stuff too, like how to actually get clear on your bigger vision for yourself and why that's so important and why it feels so shitty when you don't, plus the pitfalls of being a super ambitious, driven woman and how to overcome those, how to navigate anxiety, and also just how to take better care of yourself from the inside out, even when it's really freaking hard. Plus, she's an amazing storyteller, so there really is never a dull moment. I know you guys are absolutely going to love this one, so let's get to the good stuff. Before we get started, I wanted to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by my very own workout app, Sculpted Strong Volume 2. This iPhone app is one of my favorite things that I've ever created because it makes the gym fun again. The app takes all of the guesswork and uncertainty out of your workouts. All you have to do is open it up, select your next workout, and follow along with the videos and cues that I've recorded for you. I even have a rest timer and a progress tracker built in. This 12-week program is perfect for anyone who wants to gain confidence, build their curves, get stronger, and sculpt their physique. The workouts are based off of the approach that I use for myself as well as all of my coaching clients and hundreds of women have already seen incredible results. And not to toot my own horn or anything, but I often hear that Sculpted Strong Volume 2 is the most fun yet challenging training plan that they've ever completed. So if you're looking for something that will renew your love for the gym and transform your physique, this is the program for you. For more info and sign up, go to mariewoldapp.com. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D app.com. And because my podcast listeners are so amazing, I created a discount code that will save you $10 on your enrollment. It's PODLOVE. That's P-O-D-L-O-V-E on mariewoldapp.com. I know that you're going to absolutely love these workouts and I can't wait to see your transformation. Now let's get today's episode started. Hi, Kat. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited to chat with you today and for all of our listeners to get to know you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I feel so honored to be chatting with you and I wish we were hanging out in real life. (laughs) I know, but it's only been like a week. So this is a pretty good track record for us. True, true. I'm having withdrawals though. (laughs) I know. So for those of you guys who don't know, I am in a business mastermind and Kat is in the same one. So we get to see each other a few times a year, see each other on Zoom calls and stuff, but it's just not not quite enough because she is located in New York City and I'm in Austin, Texas. So a little bit of a long distance friendship. That's right. But Texas forever. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. All right, right. Kat. So after spending a few days with you last week and getting to know you even more, I just can't wait for everyone to meet you and get to know your story, which I know has so many layers, but let's just cover the basics before we dig deeper. What would you say about your journey? Who is Kat Harris? Well... Gosh, so I could take that in so many angles, but I'll kind of tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I am the co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman. I host a podcast called The Refined Collective. I do brand strategy and content creation, but really the underlying vision for everything I do is this 
this passion I have for women to know their beauty, identity, and value from the inside out. So really everything I do is a vehicle for that message. So whether I am photographing an editorial campaign or speaking at a women's conference or meeting a stranger on the subway, like the vision for me stays the same. I want women to know that they matter. And one of the reasons why that is my biggest message is because it's the biggest message that I need to hear. I struggled so long believing that for myself. Like I could see the beauty and the worth and the value in every single one around me, but I couldn't see it for myself. And so really kind of going through a lot of my own story and journey and fumbles and lots of, I don't know if I can call them failures, but just a lot of hard moments realizing, okay, like I can't love others until I first love myself. And so once I started becoming grounded in that, and that is a lifelong journey, it just became really this message that I decided whatever I do, like whatever is the what that gets to be the why. So that's a little bit about like what I'm about. Yeah. And I love that you're so clear about your why because it just shines through in everything you do. Like you can just hear the passion and the commitment to that in whatever you're talking about, whether it's literally meeting some random woman on the subway, like you said, or if it's like going to a workout class with your friend or taking care of yourself or talking to clients, like whatever it is, that passion comes through. Oh, thank you. I I think I got indoctrinated by Simon Sinek a couple or maybe like five or six years ago, but I watched his TED talk years ago, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And I really live by a lot of his philosophy. He says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And he has this these like different spheres. And he says, everyone knows what they do. A lot of people know how to do it, but very, very few people know why they do it. And if you flip that and go start with your why, if you know why you're doing what you're doing, then that acts as this framework and sifter for every other decision you make. If you know why you're doing what you're doing, then you can work to how you create the thing you're creating better. And then the what, like the thing is, is that I'm a small business owner and I'm a creative entrepreneur as I know you are. And there's a million photographers out there. There's a million female empowerment speakers out there. There's a million fitness influencers out there. The thing that makes me different and distinguishes me from everyone else is my story and my why. So when I heard that from Simon Sinek, it really it really struck me and then also felt true because my past is I was in the nonprofit world after college and then I stumbled into the photography industry and then was this like little girl from Texas shooting New York Fashion Week having no idea what I was doing. But the thing, the underlying motivator for me was always whether I was working for a nonprofit and doing advocacy for child soldiers in East Africa or backstage at a runway show, I was always like, okay, who are the women here? And I always would just be looking for the girl that was like a little lost and like, okay, how can I let her know that she matters? Whether it was like a hug or you look like you could use some food. I have some snacks with me. And so I kind of realized like it's really always been about that for me. So why not go public with that as opposed to like, I kind of just kept that like hidden for a long time. I was like, I'm just going to do what I do and I'm going to be excellent at what I do or try to hone in on my craft and really starting to like share my message and my own story is when things really started shifting for me in in my career. Yeah. I found that when you are able to reverse engineer why you're doing what you're doing, like you said, start with your why, everything is so much clearer. Probably last year, I really, really struggled with that. I was like going through the motions of my business. I was creating content for YouTube, Instagram, all of that stuff, just going through the motions, basically doing the same thing day in and day out with some variation. 
but it just felt so like lackluster and my audience wasn't as connected. I wasn't as connected. It was just blah. And then I really took the time to like look within. I even took a step back. I stopped posting so much. I stopped creating so much because you can't create with your whole heart if you have no idea where your heart even is. Like if you don't know your why, then nothing is going to have that power behind it. Exactly. And when you just keep going through the motions and girl, I got to a place last year where I was like, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel that I created and I do not know how to get out of it because we all go through that. We all, we all go through burnout and there's so many times where I'm like, I don't feel creative at all. And especially within like the millennial generation of we want to have impact. We want to be a part of something that feels bigger than ourselves, like a deeper sense of purpose. And what I see a lot is people have jobs and then they're like, well, it doesn't have an impact. So I'm just going to leave and start something new. And then you get excited about it for like a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe a year or two, but then you like get in the rut again. And so, well, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. Let me start something new. And I think because of that, like it makes me want to take ownership over my own story and my own impact. So whether I am, I used to be a barista at Starbucks after college. So yeah, I'm just making coffee, but if I can get connected with a deeper purpose that I'm enrolled into, then that turns making coffee or taking out trash or writing emails, like seemingly meaningless tasks can then have meaning. And I think it's so much of it is about taking ownership, like me taking ownership for my story and the narrative that I'm inviting others into, regardless of the role I'm in. And I think it's just so easy to place that responsibility on other people or our employers or our bosses. I was talking with a friend at a party and I feel like we're totally going on a tangent. I hope that's okay. Yeah, totally fine. This is great. But I was talking with one of my friends at a party this weekend and she's an accountant and she's like, Kat, you know, my job is just, it's brutal and they're losing people left and right on her team because no one can get bought into like the impact of being an accountant. And it just made me wonder how can she shift that narrative for herself and her team. The thing is like with what we do, you know, we, we create all this content, but like my life is so not glamorous. Like I was interviewing someone for my podcast a couple of days ago in my closet because <laughs> it was like the quietest place in my apartment at the time. And I'm like slammed in my tiny Brooklyn closet and like it's pitch black in there because there's no light. And I'm like, this is so not sexy oh, or glamorous. Yeah. But I like you just had to laugh at it. But I'm able to like do the menial tasks that feel like brutal or not fun or, you know, going through the emails that I don't want to go to because I'm connected to a why. And sometimes we have to do the things that are not fun and are those mundane day-to-day tasks because we have a longer term vision of like, okay, this is where I am today. And I don't really want to be doing these things, but in 10 years from now, this is where I want to be. So let me like delay that instant gratification for a longer term goal. Mm, Right. So I feel like there's so much hype and like picture painting of this ideal world where we all are doing what we love every second of every day. Like if you don't wake up excited to go wash your dishes and do your emails, like you're not doing the right things. But the thing is like, no matter what job you're in, you could be in the greatest job ever. Like I feel like my job right now is my dream job, but there are still parts of it that like aren't fun to do. And that's just the reality. And I think people get really caught up with that. They're like, well, this isn't fun. Like 10% of my day is really fun. It's great. The other 50% is okay. And then the remaining percent sucks. But like, it's all about what impact you can make with that and like where your energy is going. Is it like fulfilling that bigger purpose? And if so, then those meh parts and the shitty parts should be worth it to you. But like you said, it's that instant gratification. And then it's also that 
I feel like we have this tendency to kind of get distracted by the shiny things. Like things get really exciting and we're like, oh, that could be cool. Let's try that. That could be cool. Let's try that. And we never fully commit to any one path. And this just circles back to why getting clear on your why is so important because that is the metric on which you base all of your decisions from. Like if you get distracted by a shiny thing, you can kind of do a self-check and say, oh, does that like fulfill my greater vision? Does that fulfill my bigger why? And if not, like it's an easy choice. But without that why, like there's so much decision making, so much like mental strength and like internal battles that you have to go through. But if you know your why, it's simple. It's a yes or no. Yeah. Well, and we live in a society that says, do what feels good, be a part of something, be in the relationship, pursue the dream as long as it feels good to you. So like I'm living my truth, you're living your truth until it doesn't feel good anymore. So like feeling then becomes the basis for truth. And the problem with that at least for me, is that my feelings change a thousand times every day. And it also stunts me from looking in the future. So if all I'm thinking about is the right now, then let's just talk about fitness. Like this is a metaphor I use a lot in my life, even though I've never run a marathon, but let's say that I've decided I want to run a marathon and I've never run more than two miles. So that's going to be a goal that's like, going to be somewhat, maybe I go on a six month or a year path to run a marathon. Now I'm a free person. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want it. I can eat that burger. I can have that milkshake. I can stay out until 4am dancing and drinking and have a good time. But I might say no to some of the things that are good. Maybe these things aren't even, it's not like a matter of right or wrong or good or bad, but I'm going to say no to something good maybe going out with friends on a Friday night, having that burger and fries super late after going out because I have a 10 mile run in the morning. So I'm saying no to the now because I have a clear vision for where I am headed. And I think in a culture of instant gratification and do what feels good and do what feels right in the moment, yeah, that's a fun way to live, but it also can really lack vision. And so of course, we have moments or I'll just make it personal. Of course, I have moments where I feel like I'm on this hamster wheel that I can't get off and what am I doing? And I'm just chasing another shiny thing. To me, that's always a little bit of like a pulse that I've lost sight of the long term. Because if there's no long term, if there's no deeper story or deeper sense of purpose that I am like enrolled into, then why not do whatever you want whenever you want it? Like, if there's nothing like greater, like above the now, then we should be doing whatever we want whenever we want. And we should quit the job if we don't feel like I'm above, you know, doing coffee runs or whatever. I think that this is honestly just something I've been thinking a ton about is like, I I've just keep noticing in all these areas of like our lives and within like Western culture that there seems to be like a real lack of future vision casting. And so we get stuck in the now. Mm. So for those who don't necessarily know their why and they're not deeply rooted in their future, what is something that they can do to try to figure that out and get clear? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say one of the first things to do is pause. Just stop and take inventory. Because like the hamster wheel thing, it's so easy to start doing something and then you get five years into it or six months into it and you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. I don't even like this. So I would say it takes courage to pause when you're in the middle of something and zoom out and really take inventory of your life. So, you know, I'm a big journaler. A lot of people or some people aren't, but I would say get a journal out, grab a pen and kind of go through questions like this. What lights me up? What's that thing that when I talk about with other people, I start talking with my hands or my eyebrows raise, my heart beats a little faster. What's that thing in my life that really gets me going and why? Why does it get me going? Or, okay, let's say I'm in a job position that I'm hating and there seems to be no end in sight. 
how could I shift my perspective? How could I shift my perspective and view this situation differently? So I have a friend that's in HR and she's doing recruiting and she really has to meet these numbers and her team isn't bought into the goal. And what I challenged her on was how can you paint a picture of possibility for your team that goes beyond the check the box, I met the goal? Like what value will they get for achieving this goal? Is it, well, if you achieve the goal, then you'll get a raise. So then John can have more vacation time to spend with his wife and daughter. Like what's the greater sense of purpose and be willing to pause and zoom out in your life. It doesn't even have to be a huge long process, but zoom out long enough to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? How did I get here? And if like leaving the position really isn't an option, like how could I shift my perspective on the impact that I could create here. Where do I see myself in five years? And is what I'm doing and the things I'm practicing and who I am being right now, is it propelling me towards that future goal or is it keeping me away? So like, for example, let's talk about dating. I want to be married one day. And that's what I'm looking for in my life right now. A long-term committed relationship with an awesome guy that has integrity and vision for his life. So I used to just like go out to bars and like, let's stay out till you make out. Let's have fun. Why not? But I finally paused because first of all, I was like, I am only attracting like really emotionally unavailable lost puppies. (laughs) Why can't I get a good guy to date me? And I zoomed out and realized, okay, what is, I had to pause and say, what is it that I really want? What I really want, if I'm really being honest with myself, is a long-term committed monogamous relationship and ultimately marriage. So is what I'm doing right now in the now pushing me further towards that goal or is it taking me away from it? And I realized for me, it definitely was based off results. It was taking me away from that longer-term vision. So now I say no to a lot of that stuff because I know what I want. So in wrapping up without going on like a massive tangent, pause, ask yourself, what is it that you really want and long for? And are the decisions that you're making right now leading you towards that goal or away from it? Mm, I love that. And I love that you weave in storytelling into like everything you do. I know that storytelling is at the heart of just your business and everything, but you know, you're just so good at it that it always like, it always just hits me right where it needs to. But going back, just a couple thoughts is that sometimes you don't need to like radically change your entire world. Like sometimes you don't need to leave the position. Sometimes you don't need to like move across country. Sometimes you just need a mindset shift. Like sometimes you just need to look at the world a little differently and connect with like a deeper meaning for why you're doing what you're doing. Because yeah, we can't all just like pick up and leave our job or move or, you know, end relationships or whatever, like in the here and now, but we can look at them differently and you can do that literally at any time. That's right. And I think true transformation what I call sustainable transformation, whether that's with fitness goals, relationship goals, career aspirations, really those things transform slowly over time with a commitment to tiny changes over the span of usually years. So it's why like, I think what can happen, at least for me, for so much of my life, I'm like, if I can't go all in, I'm not going to go in at all. Like, I'll feel really demotivated. Like, I was a collegiate athlete, and I played on a full-ride scholarship at a D1 school. I played tennis, and I remember those first few years out of college were super hard for me, and I rarely worked out. I was recovering from an injury, but... I also felt like for most of my life, I had worked out five, six, seven hours a day. And I was now working a nine to six job. And 
working out or going to the gym for just 30 minutes honestly seemed like a waste of time. And I remember I had this amazing chiropractor at the time and he was like, you have to stop comparing yourself to who you were and what you did because I was being paid to work out that many hours a day because I was on scholarship. He was like, what does it look like to honor your body today? So maybe that's going on a 15 minute walk four times a week. Like you can do that. Like don't judge where you are right now because of your past expectation of yourself or some future elusive version of who you may someday become. And that really impacted me. And I take that sort of philosophy into really every area of my life because people have like these new year's resolutions and they're like, I'm going to wake up at 5am every day go to the gym for two hours before work. And it lasts for a week and a half. And seriously, if I woke up at 5.30 every day, like I would be hallucinating by 11 a.m. and like ready for dinner by 2 p.m. And people have these crazy goals that are completely unsustainable. And then a couple weeks in, they quit. And they're like, well, I just can't work out because I can't go all in. Well, what if you just did What if you started, if you're not doing anything, what if three days a week you went on a 30 minute walk? Same thing with like, I really am serious about like meditation and my faith journey. And a lot of people think like, I can't meditate. That's for weirdos. Or I can't sit quiet or sit still for three hours a day. What if in the morning when you woke up, before you checked Instagram, before you checked your emails, you sat on your couch with a cup of coffee for five minutes in silence. Like that matters. And I really think that's how long-term rhythms are created is by tiny movements. Like we all want the massive tidal wave or the overnight success story. And it's not like those don't happen, but I think most often in my life, it's from like, oh, like I started off being able to run a half a mile. And then a couple weeks later, I went up to one mile. And then a month after that, I went up to two miles, like slowly over time, making tiny, minute changes to like be committed to my growth. Yeah. I think oftentimes like people that are are ambitious or know that there's so much more out there for them, we get really overwhelmed with the process. Like, I have so far to go before I reach X destination. Like this happens to me all the time with business, especially like all the women in our mastermind and Jenna who leads our mastermind are usually a lot older than me. I'm 23. And I think most of you guys are like late twenties, early thirties. And really it seems like you guys have your shit together a lot more than me. And like, I think one thing that could happen, like a trap that I could fall into is the whole like, wow, they have done so much more than me. They're so much more organized than me. They have a bigger vision than me. Like I'll never get there. Or I can think of it as like, okay, they were probably in my exact shoes and they still got so much further than I am now and like use that as hope. Like so many people are improving themselves every single day. And anyone that's like a guru or an expert or has a great self-care routine, even like they started at square zero, just like you did. Yeah. Well, and I think it's all about shifting the conversation and the internal dialogue because, so first of all, I feel the same way. I'm 32 (laughs) years old, turning 33 in a couple weeks. And I walk into that room of women and I feel, I didn't even have an email list or wasn't even sending out weekly emails until February. And I've run my online magazine for six years. Like I was like, I don't belong here. Everyone's further than me. I felt like, sorry, so many of my like I'm like a metaphor person and they're like all sports metaphors because I've been an athlete <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> but it it reminded me of being in high school Actually, I was in eighth grade. I just moved to a new town. I was a tennis player and all I wanted to do, I had like the balls or the cojones to call the high school varsity tennis coach and ask for the phone number of the number one player, boys player on varsity. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I mean, she gave it to me and thought I was a probably thought I was a crazy person, but it's because I knew even in the eighth grade that the way I get better is by being around people that are better than me. 
and further along in the process than me. And I could, just like you said, like you and I could both walk into that room and say, oh my gosh, everyone else is so much further along than me. I don't belong here. Let me take myself out of the race. Or like Marie, you're 23 years old. Like you're in a room full of women older than you. Like you're in such a great position because you have nothing to do but go up. Like And I feel like I feel similar, even though I'm 10 years older than you. I'm like, awesome. Like, I don't want to be in a room where I'm the best. I always want to learn. There's always room for growth. So I love feeling like the underdog because then I have nothing to do but learn and grow and humble myself. I think that's where growth happens. I definitely have to like preach that to myself because I walk into stuff like our mastermind or even the gym and I see, oh my gosh, like I can't even do one push up. <laughs> and the person next to me is doing 30. I'll never get there. Or I could say, hey, how did you get strong enough to do that? Like, can you help me or am I even doing this right? <laughs> yeah. At a certain extent, like it comes down to humbling yourself and not being afraid to look to others for help, right? Yeah. I think there's this fear that I had for a long time that if I need other people, it means I'm weak. If I have to ask for help, it shows that I don't have my stuff together. People are going to think that I don't know what I'm doing. But what I've realized every single time that I've reached out for support is, first of all, people people want to see you win. People want to see other people succeed. And like, if you came to me and asked me for support, it would make me feel good. Like, I want to help you. Like, that would make me feel good. But then it also gives everyone else in the room permission to remove the shiny mask of perfection that is backbreaking and say, oh, I don't have to be perfect to sit at the table. I can come as I am and I can ask questions and it doesn't mean that I don't have my shit together. It doesn't mean that I don't belong here. It means that I'm a human being in process and leaders can be imperfect. And I actually think it takes strength and courage to be in a room and say, I don't know what's going on. Can you help me? Like that's actually not weakness. It's strength. Yeah. So we all have those days though, where we are not in that strength. We are in a funk. We're doubting ourselves. We don't think we deserve to be there. We don't think we're going to meet our you know, future goals. So what is like a go-to strategy that you use for pulling yourself out of, out of a funk, whether it's a bad body image day, feeling burned out, or just feeling not good enough? So I have a couple things that I do, and that's a really great question. I love questions where you have like the practical, tangible, like what, how can we apply this? And I have to tell you caveat here is like, I so do not do this well all the time. Like I have freak out moments all the time. I think a huge thing that I do is I reach out for support. For example, that like two days ago, I was having this massive breakdown. I was feeling so insecure about I'm creating curriculum right now. And so I went up to my roommate and I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And I don't know what this is. I don't think I'm the girl for this. Can you just remind me? Like, what is this and why am I doing it? And she did. And I think sometimes when I get so in my head, I need an outside perspective and an outside person who loves me and who is for me to remind me of what's true and to encourage me. I think a a huge part of that is just being willing to say, like, recognize I am in a breakdown right now, or I'm super stressed out. Who can I reach out to for support and admit like, hey, I'm struggling right now. I just need some encouragement. Can you encourage me or can you remind me why I'm doing this? So I think inviting community into your process. And then two, I have what I call truth statements. So I actually have a free downloadable PDF I created with journaling prompts for this process. But I sat down and identified what are the lies that I'm believing, whether it's I'm not good enough for this. I'm not the girl for the job. I'm a woman in a man's world, so I'll never get the promotion that I really want. Or I feel like I'm almost successful, like I'm just on the cusp. We all have these like internal dialogues, this like committee of voices in our head that are full of limiting beliefs. And we have to identify what are those narratives and then replace them with what's true. So 
if I don't feel like I'm the girl for the job, like why would anyone want to listen to my podcast? Like who gave me the right? So okay, that is fear. That's fear. What's true is I have what it takes. And even if I didn't, I'm worthy to sit at the table because everyone has a story that matters and everyone deserves to be heard. So in the moment of breakdown, it's super important that you have those truth statements to combat the lies. Because otherwise, like for me, I just will start spiraling. And then I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing what I'm doing. None of it matters. I'm just going to move home and live with my parents and call it a day. (laughs) Like nothing matters. So not only inviting community into it, but you having your own arsenal of truth statements. Here's what's true about me. I'm loved. I'm seen. I'm worthy. I'm enough. I have what it takes. I can ask for support. I'm safe here. And so like those are my actual truth statements that I tell myself because I used to really struggle with anxiety attacks. And like one of the biggest healing tools for me are in those moments where I feel those whisperings of, oh, my heart's racing. I'm feeling a little nervous as I just get to, okay, here's what's true. I am worthy. I'm loved. I'm seen. I'm enough. I have what it takes. I belong here. And it's crazy how truth, when you let truth wash over you, it does something. And when you bring the the darkness or the lie to the light, it loses its power over you. So invite community into your story. Identify what are your fears, limiting beliefs, lies, whatever you want to call them, and replace them with truth. And literally for like two years, I had note cards with truth statements that I just bring along with me because I knew I needed them. Like now I have them in my head. But for a long time, I needed to see on a piece of paper, I am enough. And here's why. Those are two things. Another practical thing is when I like feel stressed or in the middle of a breakdown, I literally remove myself from the situation. Give yourself a break. Like for me, I'll go outside and walk for 15 minutes or I'll go to the gym for an hour. I'll just allow yourself to reset. I also do breath work. So I'll just go outside. A huge reason why we get so stressed out is because we forget to breathe. And scientifically, when you're breathing in more oxygen than you're exhaling, it tells your body that you're in a stressful situation. So your body's pumping cortisol and adrenaline through your veins, and then you feel even more stressed out. So our bodies are designed to heal themselves. So one thing you can do to calm yourself down is take deep breaths. (laughs) So go outside and there's a thing called boxed breathing, and you can inhale for four counts, hold for four counts, exhale for four counts, hold for four counts. That's one box. Do that 10 times and your body will literally signal to your brain that you're safe. Yeah, that works wonders for me. Like I'll do that when I'm feeling super anxious or even if like my mind is racing before bed and I can't sleep. Like I always realize once I finally check in with myself, I'm like chest breathing. Like all of my breath is right there. And then once I focus on breathing deeply and doing box breathing, like everything just relaxes. But before we go any further, where can they find your journal prompts? Yeah. So you can go to therefinedwoman.com slash freebie. That's F-R-E-E-B-I-E. That's therefinedwoman.com slash freebie. And I have a couple free PDFs that are available for anyone and you can grab those there. Amazing. I'm going to grab those. Cool. So a big part of your like journey is your struggle with anxiety and struggling with not feeling good enough. And I think that's so common with women in our society. Why do you think there is such a struggle? Why do you think that has become such a common thread? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I don't know that I can speak to why it's become a common struggle for so many. All I can do is share why it became a struggle for me. So for me, what started happening is, and maybe this is what happens to a lot of people, I was pretty much willing to do anything and everything for my career in my 20s. And I had that like hunger and fire and ambition 
to like scale my business and make a lot of money and make the contacts that I wanted to make. So I started The Refined Woman six years ago, but I've been a full-time photographer for about 10 years. And so as I was building my photography business, I would part of how I got to where I am today is I would fly myself to New York City on my own dime, sneak into New York Fashion Week, photograph all these celebrities and fashion shows, and then Google who they were and like Google what is their email and like send my images to them. Like I was such a scrappy hustler. Like I was literally willing to do anything and everything at the cost of my health. So I was pulling 80, 90 hour, 100 hour work weeks at times. I was skipping meals. I literally was acting as though I were superwoman or honestly, God, I was like, I don't need anything or anyone else. And I don't need sleep. Who needs sleep? Sleep is for when you're dead. Like I'm going to live my life now. And I just got into a rhythm where I was not taking care of myself for a long time. Now on the outside looking in, like I was fit. I didn't have an eating disorder. That's a whole other story. I did have an eating disorder in college, but I was for such a long time. And you, you talk about how like slow or like tiny decisions in our everyday lives create like long-term transformation. It's the reverse too. So like over a long period of time, I was making tiny decisions for the detriment of my health. And so whether it was like, I would constantly, especially when I moved to New York, I would like blink and be like, Oh, like, why am I feeling really shaky? Oh, it's been 12 hours since I ate something. And then I'd be like, well, like, but dinner soon. So I'll just wait for dinner. Or yeah, I know I haven't like had a day off in four weeks, but I'm trying to start my career. And so I need to take whatever job comes my way. So I wasn't living a life of balance. I wasn't taking care of my body. Like our bodies need rest our bodies need food and like good food. So what would happen for me is like, I would get to the point of like, I call it the point of no return. Like I totally get hangry because I know now that I have low blood sugar and low blood pressure. So if I don't eat for a long period of time, like my body literally like starts freaking out. And so then when you get to that point, it was like, I just need something. So then I'd like go to a bodega and get like a Twinkie, which yeah, may have like satiated my hunger like for five minutes, but it wasn't like sustainable food for my body. So that was happening. But underneath all of that, Marie, and this is what I really think it was about is everything felt like it was up to me. Like as a small business owner, it honestly felt like the weight of the world was on me. Like I was stressed out all the time because it literally felt like I was in charge of my destiny and that's really stressful. (laughs) And so my body started, I would be on a photo shoot or about to take stage to speak at a conference and I would literally start having these debilitating anxiety attacks where I would be on the bathroom floor, like not able to breathe. And I honestly thought I was having a heart attack and dying. And that was happening because first of all, my physical body was like, I was not setting my physical body up for success by not sleeping enough, not eating enough, not taking care of myself, having no work-life balance. So it was like, physically, I was running on fumes And then like internally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I felt like everything was up to me. So if everything is up to me and something goes wrong, then that is cause for big stress. But if it's not up to me and I'm like, no, I'm safe. And that's where for me, like my faith comes into play. Like I believe that like I believe in God and I believe that God is in control. So then I don't have to be stressed out. But if I'm like already running on fumes, not taking care of myself, and then it feels like the weight of the world is on my shoulders, then all it takes is like for one toothpick thrown into that fire and it like bursts into flames. So I wonder, like for me, I had to really go back to the basics first, like physically, okay, I need to sleep seven hours a night at least. That's just like, that needs to be non-negotiable. I need to have three meals a day. And I'll have snacks with me in between because I live in New York City. I don't have a car. And a lot of times I'll leave in the morning and won't be back until super late. So now I set myself up for success. 
So I always have snacks with me and I've just made it a rhythm for me. Like I work out five times a week and I know that's not doable for all people, but I think stress and anxiety happens so much because there's a lack of, there's a lack of rhythm and self-care in our lives and we're not taking care. We're not being mindful of, okay, I'm not a robot. I'm not superwoman. I'm not God. I actually do need sleep. And the world is not going to come to an end if I take a day off. Like I'm not going to lose my Instagram followers. Like I'm just not that important. I can't serve others if I first do not love myself. So I think taking a step back, we have so many distractions, like we have social media, we have a limitless plethora of options. And I think with all the options that whether it's options of jobs, dating, things to do, like you get decision paralysis. So with the rise of anxiety in our culture, I wonder if my story is more common than I think that's what happened with me. Like I had to get to a point where like, it was like all the fire alarms in my body were ringing and they were like, stop, stop, rest, rest, rest. And I wouldn't do it. Cause I was like, go, 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 go literally until my body wouldn't let me. And I think the thing that I hope for other people, even just one person who hears this, like, I don't want you to learn the hard way like I did. And I'm so grateful that it happened when I was 30, as opposed to like, I could have been 50 and had a heart attack and died because I was so stressed out. So I'm grateful that it happened when it happened. I got to really pause and create a sustainable rhythm of rest in my life. And so now instead of, I'm not willing to do everything for the job. Like I now know what is the life I want and what is the lifestyle I want. And let me tell you, I am so ambitious. Like I have really, really big dreams, but those dreams and goals no longer come at the expense of my health. That's where those truth statements come back into play for me as far as like when I start feeling the weight of the world on my shoulder and it feels like it's all up to me and I feel like I have to be like I'm the only one that can share the message that I can share. So if I don't share it, who's going to share it? And I have to do all these things like I have to pause and be like, okay, I am not superwoman. I am a human. And I can do my best and I'm going to pursue excellence in my life, but I cannot fix or save the world. And that's okay. Yeah, I think that is like one pitfall that we find when you do figure out what your why is and you're so deeply connected to it and you feel so called to live that out that like you don't feel like you can take a breath. You don't feel like you can step away from it. And like as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, like there's always going to be work. There's always going to be work to be done. So there's always something more that we can do. And like that was something that I super struggled with. Well, I still struggle with it, but I'm way better about like having a cutoff time, shutting off for the night. But I used to literally work until like the moment my head hit the pillow because there are always people to reply to. There's always content to be made. There's always brainstorming to be done. And you just have to draw that line for yourself. But I think for a lot of us, we do have to kind of take it too far before we have that wake up call. Like I've also dealt with anxiety attacks. I've also dealt with like just being crippled by the weight of the world because you feel like it's all up to you. And sometimes we do have to learn the hard way and that that sucks but i guess as long as you are learning from it and like using that as a way to like pivot and move you in a different direction then it's not you know all for nothing yeah it's i don't believe that there's any such thing as wasted time and i truly do believe that every opportunity every circumstance is is opportunity for growth if we choose it to be and I think it's, it, it's, it's so important to go back to like, at least what I tell myself all the time is I'm like, I'm not, I'm not carrying cancer here. I'm not flying the NASA rocket to the moon. Like I can calm down and I cannot serve others if I don't first love myself. And I remember when I used to hear on airplanes, the stewardesses, you know, they always say, 
in case of emergency, the oxygen mask will fall down. Put your oxygen mask on first before helping your child or the. I just wrote a post about this. Like I haven't posted it yet, but I just wrote it. It was in my notes. Yeah. Cause I was flying home from Minnesota. I was like, Oh my goodness, this is a metaphor to teach on. It's total. I thought for most of my life though, that was so selfish. Like you should be putting as many other people's oxygen masks on first, but no, I will be help to no one. I can serve no one if I don't take care of myself first. And it's not selfish. Like if like there's a verse in the new Testament of the Bible that says, love your neighbor as yourself. And we stop on love your neighbor. So serve, 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 be outward focused. Like, you know, be servant hearted. Well, the rest of that verse is as yourself. So what is implicit is first that I am receiving love and that I know I am loved and that I am loving myself And only from like an overflow of my own heart, the overflow of abundance in my own life, can I then look outward. So if we're not, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of others or else it'll be like you hit burnout real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I feel like this is a good place for us to stop. Like, I think we could go on forever and ever and ever. But the last big question I have for you is the grind and be grateful question. So what is one big goal that you're currently grinding toward? And what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Oh, I love that. A goal that I am grinding towards right now is I am in the midst of creating my first online course for my audience. And yeah, it's been something that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And I think out of fear and insecurity, I have hid behind, I don't have enough time to do it, or I don't have enough money to do it. But really, I've just been scared that I'm going to be rejected, or it's going to fail, or it's not going to go well. So I am just spending so much time working on this course and it's going to go live this summer. I'm so excited. I'm kind of keeping it secret and under wraps for now, but I am just like hustling my butt off for that. I'm so excited. And something I'm grateful for. Oh gosh. I am so, this is, this might sound silly, but I am so grateful for quiet mornings. I live in what, I feel like is one of the loudest places that I've ever been in. New York City is so loud all the time. And every morning, the first thing I do when I get up is I grab a cup of coffee and I have this like, I have like one of those L-shaped couches and I sit in the corner and I have my coffee and I have my journal and I have these amazing, huge, tall windows that look out to these like really pretty trees in my neighbor's backyard in Brooklyn. And I sit in quiet and I journal and I look at the trees and I hear birds chirping. And I am so grateful for that. Like I'm so grateful, even if it's just like these five minutes of quiet where I'm like enjoying coffee and sitting in the silence. I'm so, I'm very, very grateful for that. Yeah. That's just like such a major grounding moment that sounds like heaven for starting your day. It totally is. And when I don't do it, like I'll notice, I'll be like, why am I so stressed out today? <laughs> like, oh, I like literally opened my eyes and went on Instagram. No wonder I'm stressed out. <laughs> I'm so guilty of that. But yeah, the days where I really do put myself first, take some time to get grounded without like turning on the fire hose of social media and comparison and all of that stuff. I'm just a much happier human. Okay. So I want to try this thing. I want to try to do some rapid fire questions at the end because I think those are super fun. Okay. So number one, best book you've read recently. I am currently reading The Longest Ride by Nicholas Sparks. (laughs) So that is not the best book I've read recently. The best book that I've read recently, I'm actually almost done with it. It's called Divine Sex by Jonathan Grant. And it is... A, I'm like such a nerd. Like I love learning about like history. It dives into the historical context of relationships, sex, and marriage in Western culture and how we got 
to hookup culture today. And so it really lays the groundwork of like the postmodern movement and expressive individualism and how all those like decision paralysis, like how all of those three things have impacted our culture's view of marriage, sex, and relationships. So I think it's so fascinating. That sounds super interesting. Okay. What's your favorite not so nutritious indulgence besides Twinkies? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, it's funny because I don't even really like Twinkies that much. Haagen-Dazs, chocolate peanut butter ice cream. I can still pound a pint of ice cream in like 10 minutes. It's the talent. Yeah, <laughs> I've had that flavor. It's delicious. Okay. Your go-to Friday night activity is? Ooh, well, in the summer, I would say give me a glass of rosé and a rooftop and my girlfriends and I am in my happy place for sure. Okay. And then if you could have dinner with any famous person living or dead, who would it be? And I feel like I totally already know your answer. (laughs) You totally know my answer because it is without a doubt Beyonce. Oh, I'll have you know, I did listen to the entire album while I prepped for this interview, like in your honor. Oh, bless you. Namaste. Okay. And then number... Wait, that's all. I want to talk about Beyonce more. yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Why do you like Beyonce so much? Well, besides the fact that she is an incredible artist, musician, has an amazing voice, is an incredible dancer, I think that she is an incredible businesswoman. And as an entrepreneur or a business owner, to be in an industry, whatever industry you're in, and to not just see, okay, this is what someone else is doing. So let me replicate what they're doing because that's what success looks like. She's constantly innovating and doing stuff that no one else is doing, like launching an album with zero marketing and promo and filming a music video at the Louvre or dropping an album that's telling all like the different stages of grief and it's a movie. She's doing things that other artists just aren't doing. And I think it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability and strength to be honest with your story publicly, but also push the envelope creatively and artistically. I just think she's an innovator. So I love her. Beyonce for life. Yeah, she's great. I think you're probably the most passionate about your love for Beyonce out of everyone that I know, but it makes total sense. Okay, last thing, and this is kind of a selfish question, but what is your number one piece of advice that you would give to your 23-year-old self? Because I'm 23. I totally thought you were going to ask something like, what do you love about me most? <laughs> Hype me up. What, what do you love? Which I love a lot of things about you. What would I have told my 23-year-old self? It's okay to say no and slow down. Yeah, it's okay to say no. I think so many because I was so willing to do anything and everything for my career, I've, I am where I am today because of all those little decisions. But I also believe that you don't have to sacrifice your well-being, your physical, emotional, spiritual health for success. I think it's possible to have quote unquote success and like not lose yourself in the process. And a huge way to do that is learning to say no. And people are going to be okay. It's okay if you say no. It's okay if you disappoint people. It's okay if you don't meet up to their expectation of who they want you to be, or you can say no. No. Yeah. So, I mean, like, are you even successful if you had to sacrifice your health and your inner peace and all of that stuff, you know? Exactly. That's a, that's a profound question. Mm. Well, this was such a good conversation. I'm so glad that you could come on the show and I'm sure everyone now wants to go stalk you. So where can they find you? So therefinedwoman.com and at the refined woman on Instagram. And my podcast is the refined collective podcast on iTunes. And then that again, the the freebie is called moving from fear to freedom. And that's on the refinedwoman.com slash freebie. Okay, guys, go follow Kat, go give her some love, tell her that I sent you and tell her thank you for giving us her time today. Kat, thank you so much for being on the show. I love talking with you as always, whether it's behind a microphone or just IRL. Yes, IRL is the best. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you. 
Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave the show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you, so your feedback matters. Plus, it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends. Bye.